You're listening to A Mighty Love, the podcast for honest and witty love wisdom. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to A Mighty Love. I'm one of your co-hosts, Polly M. Galsiks. Hey, I'm your other co-host, Demetrius. All right. And this week's topic is how to be a good friend with benefits. Hey. Hey. Romance is nice. Relationships are nice. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you have something that's not quite a relationship and not just a friend. And it's in the in-betweens. Yeah. The in-betweens. The in-betweens. And... There are reasons why you might want this in your life, like you're busy or you want to have a good physical relationship with someone while keeping your options open. But ultimately, um, a lot of people have trouble maintaining these types of relationships yeah. because they're inherently a little bit unstable and ill-defined. So what can we bring to the table to be the best component of it that we can be? Yeah. And how do you set yourself up for success in this type of relationship? I think that there are certain skills and maybe people don't think of them as skills but you need a certain set of skills to be a good friend yeah you know like minus benefits just to be a good friend you need to be somebody who listens cares willing to open up and share and vice versa like you have to have that back and forth Mm -hmm. and to be a good partner you need a lot of those skills but you also need to be able to express yourself to, to someone you're attracted to be unafraid to challenge them and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I think that to be a good friend with benefits, you need a good mix of those skills. You need to be able to communicate very well, like the way that you would in a relationship. Yeah. You need to just be a good friend. It's a, it's a good idea to be a good friend. Yeah. But there's some skill sets that are like very unique to being a friend, a good friend with benefits. One of those is to be a friend with benefits is ultimately to agree to a situation that is temporary Mm -hmm. like the the very idea is temporary like we aren't in a long-term committed relationship Mm -hmm. we're friends who have sex with each other so and probably more Mm -hmm. so i think it takes a certain level of willingness to deal with an uncertain relationship yeah something that is indefinite a lot of people can't deal with that you know yeah so i think that's one of those things where you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable yes i think so uh, I also wanted to lay out that I culturally people use the words fuck buddy and friend with benefits interchangeably. I see them as different. And mm-hmm. so I was just going to lay out the way that I think about them. Like a fuck buddy is pretty much to me like someone you just text you up to. Like yeah. it, you really don't have much of a relationship at all. Like you occasionally have sex and you don't really have much in your interactions that's not about sex. Right, yeah. Um, and that there's generally no understanding that if you decide you don't want to see them anymore, you just stop responding to you up. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas a friend with benefits is not like your best buddies, but there's more to it that that, that the structure of it is closer to what we think of as traditional dating where you're friends and you hang out and you do things that aren't just about sex but also that you have an understanding that this is not a committed relationship and that I guess at least for people who are monogamous, that this would peter out if one of you met someone else. Yeah. That's the, that's the same sort of understanding that I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A fuck buddy is really just like sex. Yeah. Friends with benefit 
is you in, in my experience was usually a friend who then I started sleeping with, but we knew we just weren't going to date. Yeah. Or someone who you establish a friendship with, but the friendship also has a sex component. Mm-hmm. But it really is the friend part that's critical. Like, you yeah. spend time with each other. You like being around each other. You're not afraid to see them in like the light of day. Right. Like, your only communications aren't, hey, are you up at, you know, midnight on right. Saturday? So, right. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I'm in agreement there. Okay. So I think that there are some like baseline things that set up getting a good friend benefit situation. One is like obviously like having you guys are like clear on like your safe sex boundaries, especially if the understanding is you guys might very well be dating other people at the same time that you should all be like being sensible and being safe. You should also both be on the same page. Like one of you shouldn't think it's a relationship and one of you thinks it's friend. You should be clear that that is exactly what it is. Yes. (laughs) Um, If one of you thinks it's a real relationship, something has gone wrong and you got to resolve that. (laughs) And then I think there's some more soft skills around it, like around the communication, like, Mm -hmm. like how often are you guys going to meet up? Are you cool with making plans and or canceling plans at the last second? And are you cool or not cool with, acknowledging directly or talking about the other people you might be seeing. Right. Yeah. And so that all has to kind of be sorted out through communication. Oh, I agree. But that, I think that those are some basic things you need an understanding on for it to function at all. Yeah. I think that this isn't necessarily like how to be a good friends with benefits or any, it's not an indictment of one way or the other, but I think that the more like traditional your relationship is like, if you were just seeing someone monogamously, there's often a very low level of communication around like the details, the soft skills. If you yeah. want, like, you have an assumption that this is monogamous. This is this. This is what a monogamous relationship means. Yes. And I think the further away you get from that, like going to polyamory, like, mm-hmm. it goes a spectrum. Uh, polyamory requires a high degree of communication. Yeah. And I think that somewhere in the middle of that is friends with benefits. So it's yes. like, you know, you want to be open and honest, but you have to find the balance of, do I really need to tell my friends with benefits that how many other people I'm sleeping with or just that I'm sleeping with other people? You know, like, yeah. it's all about like finding the sweet spot for both of you. True. I think one of the funny things is like you, you hit on something that I've been thinking about a lot about recently, which is that when you have a traditional monogamous relationship, you often don't discuss the obvious assumptions because you're like oh well, we're both on the same page we're not yeah. seeing other people oh we're both on the same page we want to get married someday yeah. and sometimes there are problems when you guys actually aren't on the same page where you think you are because right. you're sticking to a very like culturally common well understood relationship right but when you go into these relationships that are not like the most common default way that two people have a relationship there needs to be more communication But I think the thing, and so that was like a skill I had to develop as I explore non-monogamy. But like what's interesting is that I found that this skill has actually played back into like my other relationships in ways that I didn't imagine, which is like I got a lot better about communicating expectations and understandings. And like that helps in all of my relationships, like my friendships at work. Mm -hmm. Like now that I'm a lot more conscious about communicating expectations and understandings, makes everything easier i'm like man i wish i had really nailed this down like 10 years ago uh but you learn when you learn when you learn it so but anyway yeah you need uh, you need to like have a higher degree of communication or you agree that you're not going to talk about it yes and then you and that's rare that's really where you have to settle into 
being comfortable with a lot of uncertainty. You're yes. like, oh, we don't talk about whether we're seeing any other people or like we don't talk about when we're going to make plans. We only make plans at the last second, including canceling them at the last second. Yeah. And like that makes my brain want to explode. I can't live with that <laughs> level of uncertainty. Also, like my life isn't structured in a way that handles that anymore. Yeah. But, you know, if you can be comfortable with that, like that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to structure your life that way. But you and the other person both have to be clear that that's how it works. Yeah, no, I agree. I would hate if I felt like I was hurting someone's feelings by like calling something off on a timeline that they felt like was inappropriate. And like what that looks like for the, it depended on your relationship. Like for a fuck buddy, if someone says you up and you don't write back, there's shouldn't be any hurt feelings. Like that's something that happens. But like, you know, if you're like in a very serious committed relationship and you're like, Hey, can you talk? If the other person doesn't respond for three days, you're like, man, what the fuck? Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's like it's the tenor of your relationship has to dictate your communication style. And that's going to be tricky. And sometimes people, I think, are afraid of having this conversation. They're like, oh, well, this is just friends with benefits, not a real relationship. But it's like, well, if you want this to be functional, yeah. you still have to have those kinds of conversations about yeah. expectations. Yeah. And in my experience, and this probably will maybe inform how other people approach their friends with benefits. You cannot and should not go into any new situation with the same sort of like game plan for the last one. Like I had a friends with benefits who we had a good understanding of like, I'm sleeping with other people. We're not going to talk about it. Like just know that I'm sleeping with other people. We're using protection and this won't lead to something long-term. But if I start seeing someone where I think things are going to be long-term, I'm going to call it off and likewise for you. And mm-hmm. I've had other friends with benefits that were much more like open and you know we were both open to like exploring things with each other but we weren't at the moment mm-hmm. and we were very clear about like how many people we're sleeping with mm-hmm. besides the other person and it was like a lot so go into it if you're trying to be a good friends with benefits don't go into it with like a set game plan other than let's talk about what our structure is going to be yeah I tend to default to keeping things a little bit more private until I'm sure that the other person is comfortable hearing about it. Yeah. But I don't even necessarily think that that's the right way. That's just sort of where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. But a part of me wonders if that's just sort of based in like, you know, like patriarchal structures of like slut shaming where I'm like, I don't know if I'm comfortable telling this person how many people I'm fucking versus I'm just like, I don't want to make them uncomfortable by telling them something that like maybe is not what they want to hear about. So I don't know, but I don't think there's anything wrong with you having your own personal default, but it should adapt to what the other person yeah. wants. Yeah, yeah. That's that's probably a better way to put mm-hmm. it. So one of the things that I think I had to kind of figure out around these like less certain and less structured relationships is how much power I give them over my schedule. Mm. like if you have a friend with benefits and they're like oh are you free on saturday or like i don't know saturday's kind of a primo day yeah i'm not just gonna give that away to someone who maybe (laughs) isn't like the most important person to me unless i know that like the other stuff going on in my life i'm like oh yeah i have room even if they flake out it's fine because i don't have plans anyway and i'm not going to Like, a lot of, I feel like, the decisions I have to make is how likely do I think it is that this person might flake out? How much notice do I think they're going to give me? And am I going to be upset if they, like, break off plans for a Saturday night when I wanted to, like, go to my friend's birthday dinner or whatever? Mm -hmm. So, 
a lot of that is like checking in with yourself about your own boundaries around if this person flakes out, am I going to be mad? Because it's one of those kind of relationships that is in flux, I think it's fair to sort of check your boundaries on a consistent basis. Like, mm-hmm. we agreed to this. Now I'm having second thoughts. Like, we said that we would give each other a week's notice for cancellations or whatever. Sure. And now I feel like actually, like, I'm fine with a shorter time frame and Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe we don't hang out on Saturdays because like I want to go on dates with other people, but maybe that changes. So, yeah, yeah, I would say like even the boundaries you set for yourself now feel uncomfortable. You want to change them. Like, again, it's all about like high communication factor with one of these kind of relationships. So mm-hmm. communicate more and change your boundaries as they go. Like to your point, like I wouldn't want to dedicate a Saturday to a friends with benefits because like I'm probably seeing other people and that's like a good date night. Sure. But like a Thursday night. And it also goes into that's something that we're going to get into a little bit. But it's like one of the things that I was always like bad about with boundaries was like sleeping over. Mm, you would sleep over at a friend with benefits house, but you think you shouldn't or vice versa? Um. So I, I think that all, I always sort of like default into like the thing that is most like a traditional relationship so it's like oh if you're gonna come over and we're gonna hook up and like i know you're just a friend with benefit but like sleep over and like Mm -hmm. that's a thing that in hindsight i probably should have had conversations around you know like yeah like i was comfortable with it but you know there was at least one time where like a thing went missing in my apartment so you know maybe 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 reconsider um not a good friend one of those funny things that i always think of is like I, I can't remember what maybe it's in grad school like uh somehow I got my hands on like a Christian magazine I don't know I'm oh, not yeah. religious but this it was like a <laughs> religious magazine for college students where did it go? how did I I'm still baffled about how I came across this and there was an article and it was like this like pseudosciency article about the hormones released during sex and how they're different mm. for men and women and how that affects why it's the the point of this christian article was that after sex and after orgasm women have all these intense bonding chemicals that come onto their brain and their body and casual sex cannot work for women because they will always be attached because of chemically that's how their bodies work and so therefore this is wrong and bad because even if you're a dude you shouldn't want to treat someone that way because biologically they can't help that they'll want to meet you for life which we're not even going to delve into the science of the quote-unquote science that was in that article but one thing that i did so i always think about this i'm like this is bullshit people are super variable but i did find that for me personally not sleeping with someone as a euphemism for sex, but actually literally sleeping in the same bed as someone yeah. is incredibly intimate and changes the way that I feel about them pretty yes. dramatically. Whereas like sex, I can like peace out and like I can continue to have a relationship that's like fairly unemotional. But mm-hmm. like if I let someone sleep near me, I tend to grow feelings for them and not necessarily inappropriate or bad ones, but like more intimate than a completely casual relationship. Yeah. 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 Which goes into, um, which is why I keep a squirt gun by the bed. Wake up. Yeah. Get out. Like a chest timer. <laughs> Bing. Time to go. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But you get it. <laughs> so, like, the thing that I often struggled with was, like, the balance between, like, romance, intimacy, with a friend with benefits. And to, to my point, I was what I was basically saying was, 
like I often wanted people to sleep over, but that like creates a very intimate connection. Yeah. So you're like you sleep next to a person and they like wake up next to you and they like trust you to not sex murder them mm-hmm. in your sleep. So it's like you know, there's a certain level of intimacy there that maybe not advisable for everyone. You know? Yeah. Not everyone is looking for that. So so I guess how do you find a balance between how intense too intimate? How much romance, like, to the point where it becomes uncomfortable? Like, where do you find, like, the line? It's going to really vary person by person based on you and based on them. Like, I've had friends with benefits where I'm. it's actually, like, pretty intimate. And, like, I know them very well. I know a lot about them. I care about them. But it's not romantic and it's not going to be more than that. But it's actually, like, a pretty fulfilling friendship relationship that involves sex Mm -hmm. and then i've had other ones where it's very very unemotional and not very intimate and just like very just like friendly and casual and like it really was dictated kind of by my own and the other person's preferences and like i guess the chemistry we have between us and it kind of evolves naturally But there is sort of, like, an important distinction between, like, the romance and the intimacy. That you can know someone very well, but not necessarily want to envision a future with them. Right, yeah. And I guess that can be a point of tension where I guess that sometimes feelings can grow in that kind of intimacy. Not always, and not always in the same way, but I guess it can. Yeah. I don't know. It's entirely possible that you spend more intimate time with someone and you don't necessarily want more from Mm -hmm. your set up your friends yeah. benefits, but you could just feel closer to them yeah yeah and i think that that's nice if you're both good with that yeah is as long as you aren't just friends with benefits because you're both so like afraid of attachment then that would be an issue you know yeah like, you that's not great shouldn't. so i guess in that no. case like if you're friends with benefits with someone and you're open to more whether more means a relationship or more just like a closer connection yeah like it's okay to do more things that are closer to the relationship side than friend side yeah but if you're friends with benefits with someone because you have like really serious like commitment issues attachment issues like do less of the relationshipy yeah like Like you've got to be clear on your own boundaries and what they are for you and you also need to be clear with the other person what they are like you don't want to be like if someone's like oh do you want to go to the movies on friday and you'd be like no, that's a relationship thing. Like, don't he like woo dial it back. Like, you can uh, you can be like, yeah, uh, you know. Like, I've had people where I said like, oh, I can't remember what I asked. I was like, oh, do you want to do this? And they're like, oh, I think of that as more of a relationship thing. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, and I'm like, that's yeah. fine. Thank you for telling me that that's how you really felt. Yeah. So speaking of like mm-hmm. changes and flexibility and all that stuff, uh, what happens like when people catch feelings? Like, so mm. I was thinking about it in a few ways. One is you're the person catching feelings for someone and you either don't know if they would want more or you know they don't want more yeah or vice versa where someone is catching feelings for you and you don't know if you want more or Mm. definitely don't and what happens like when two people actually do like each other and want more but like don't know how to transition out of it to like Mm. more of a relationship so so okay i guess like i'll start with you want more but you don't know how the other person feels. Yeah. How do you just come out with it? Yeah. At the point where you are no longer on the same page in terms of what you want, in terms of romance and possibly a future together, 
the relationship is no longer stable. Yeah. As soon as one of you wants it to be more, it's now in chaos. Yeah. And you can either pretend it's not and continue on, which is probably going to be uncomfortable for you and probably the other person will notice eventually. Yeah. Or you can just deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I think you should just deal with it. I think you should just say what you feel. Like, hey, I've actually really enjoyed getting to know you. What do you think about making this more official? Is that something you're open to or interested in? Do you want some time to think about it? Like, giving the person some, like, space and time to, like, consider it. Because it might very well catch them off guard is probably a thoughtful thing to do. And then just be prepared that that might mean it's the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's not much you can do about that. Yeah, I would say on the flip side, if you know that they want more, they've hinted that they want more, you need to have that dialogue again. Yeah. Um, And I think that you need to be prepared, either if you're the person who's feeling change or they're the person who's feeling change and one of you is not on the same page, like you need to be prepared for it, for your situation to end. Yeah. And I think that if you are inclined to fight for relationships because that's just what you were taught, like, through how Mm -hmm. society teaches you how to be monogamous that's fine like that's probably a good thing like you don't just give up on shit but sometimes you do need to give up on a friends with benefits because like it's better sometimes you shouldn't compromise like if you just do not want a relationship and they have their feelings have changed and you're willing to compromise to give them that to don't like that's probably not a good idea no like it's not good to compromise on fundamental issues like you can compromise on who wakes up and feeds the cat and like who does dishes after dinner. Like those are things you should compromise on. Uh, For the record, it's mostly me that feeds the cat. So, you know, in the morning at least, but whatever. Um, (laughs) But in all seriousness, it's a good idea to compromise (laughs) on things that are small and not like fundamental things. Like I do not want a relationship, but I will give you one because I'm enjoying our friends with benefits. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't don't, that won't go anywhere. Good. I think also if someone asks you and the answer is no, do not over-explain. Yeah. You should under-explain if anything. Like, I don't mean you should be like, no, and then disappear off the face of the earth. But you should just say, I've thought about it. I appreciate it. I don't feel like that's right for me. Yeah. And then drop it. Like, you don't need to get into the whole whatever the fuck is going on with you. If they really want to talk about it, it's your decision whether you want to get into it. But don't lead off with it because the person knows a complete sentence. Yes. And the person may want to just do their own processing without hearing all of your, you're so great, but blue, blue, blah, blue, blue. Yeah. Just let them just know. I thought about it. I really appreciate you. I really mm-hmm. appreciate this, but I'm not ready to do that. Yeah. You don't have to get into the specifics. Like no. And also d- resist the temptation to qualify it by saying like right now. Hmm. Because if you mean never, don't say right now. Yeah. I think there's a funny (laughs) How I Met Your Mother where they all admit that they've ended a relationship being like, oh, I'm not ready for this right now. Yeah. And like they cannot stop themselves from saying right now because they feel like it softens it. But don't say right now if you just mean never at all. Yeah. Oh, man. Don't Um, let that person like linger on some random ass hope that you're going to change your mind. Well, it's kind of like the when people end dates and they're like, oh, we should like get together soon. Like, I'd like to see you soon. And they don't meet it. And that's why I started, I like made a conscious effort to say at the end of bad dates or dates where I just knew I wasn't a good fit with someone, it was nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's all you need to say. Like, mm-hmm. I do not want to be with you. 
in that or, way. Period. Yeah. Not right now. Not. Or I'll say. Well, thanks for coming out. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> You're like a game show host. Yeah. Thanks for coming out. Yeah. Um, see you never see you never no i mean i'm like appreciate it. i'm like you took time to yeah, come meet you, me that was yeah. nice of you thank you you didn't just teleport here no that would be that would make dates much better though if there's teleporters. oh man you can just go right home if things get weird yeah like oh okay you showed up in a maga hat i'm gonna teleport home now Ooh, goodbye <laughs> goodbye forever in a situation where your feelings have both grown for each other and you are open to exploring a relationship i would say yeah give it a shot Mm-hmm. Just give it a shot. Like, nobody's relate. Well, most people's relationship story isn't like this perfect. Like, we met on a frozen lake ice skating and we looked across the lake and we knew we loved each other and we've been happily ever after ever since. Like, there's nothing wrong with, like, yeah, we are friends. And then we started hooking up and then we realized we, like, loved each other. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing wrong with that version no. of the story, too. Like, it's cuter. I think it's, it's more real. <laughs> yeah. I don't actually know how many relationships really start like that. I've been in a couple that started yeah. that way. And they were, like, fine and things just didn't work out mm-hmm. because life. But, yeah, it's like if you truly have a friends with benefit who is, like, a friend with benefits. It's always, I never know how to phrase it. It's like the how, S's. How friends yeah. with, with friend best with benefits. benefits. Friends with benefit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, if you get an FWB and they're truly your friend. And then you become intimately involved, like sexually or otherwise. Like that's already a lot of a relationship. Like you've got a lot of the things checked off. So yeah. Yeah. Give it. Be willing to try it. Like worst case scenario, like it ends. But like so, would your situation would have ended eventually anyway? Like you lose nothing. Like, yeah. You're risking nothing. You it's probably, true. You know, maybe you have a better connection. One of the ways I actually see these things fall apart most often with friends is when there are like mismatched expectations slash boundaries. So the thing I see most often is a woman and a man agree to have a casual relationship and something comes up for the man where he needs actually more emotional support. Like something's going up with his friends or at work or something. And the woman sort of happily provides that emotional support or that emotional labor for him to be there for him while he's going through a tough time. Yeah. And then when she's going through a tough time, he cannot or will not show up for her emotionally in the same way. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the biggest pitfalls. I think it's one of the things about like societal expectations about women providing more emotional labor, but also in any pairing, regardless of who is seeing who and you know whether you're the same gender or whatever, you cannot... Ask something of the other person that you are unwilling to reciprocate. Yeah. And you should also, especially if you're a woman, be mindful of your boundaries. Like, if I show up for this person and coach this person through their problems, do I think they're going to do it for me? Mm-hmm. And if they don't, is that going to, does that work for me? Yeah. Like, am I okay with providing an asymmetric amount of support? Yeah. And most people aren't. No, and most people don't want and that's, that. No, I mean I don't want that. And that's probably why they most mostly do. Yeah. Yeah. The other strangest thing that has happened to me is that I did have a friend with benefits who I thought we were very clear on how not serious it was. Mm-hmm. If for no other reason, then we saw each other pretty infrequently. Yeah. And then this is a ridiculous story with too many parts, but like. He ended up 
telling someone else that I also know that we were pretty serious because we'd been seeing each other for six months. Hmm. But I'm like, yeah, but we've been on like seven dates. That's not, it's not that serious. Not that serious. So. That was a weird thing to say to that other person who I was also dating, which complicates things, matters worse. Yeah. It was like a weird thing to say, <laughs> period. A weird thing to say to them and then like factually inaccurate. And I'm like, where did this was person... That the, was that the part that bothered you the most? That it was factually inaccurate? Yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, where the fuck did that come from, pal? Like, if we're so uh, serious, how come I haven't heard from you in three weeks? That's, I, so that's like, super weird. That was your biggest like, issue. I'm like, a lot of these are weird, but, like, that's also not even true. <laughs> or I'm like, what? If that's an intimate to you, yeah. what is casual? Yeah, like, geez. what What do you, what's casual? We chat via text once a year? Like, I don't understand. Once a year, sex through a sheet. That's, that's, that's so hot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, inevitably you're going to have misunderstandings, yes. I guess. Yeah. But that that just to me was so odd, and I I think it happens sometimes that you're just totally not on the same page. Like I thought that it was clear that because we saw each other infrequently, it wasn't serious, and then no. So yeah. you never know. You know what? What's in, I've been thinking about it. What's interesting about friends with benefits mm-hmm. and like the way people date now is that when I was very young, you know, pre-dating, like I had a very clear like concept of this is what dating is. This is what like fuck buddies slash booty calls are. And this is what friends with benefits are. And I feel like has, as dating has progressed, like the line between we're dating versus we're friends with benefits is like very blurry now. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm just thinking back like, the people who I would consider friends with benefits, I like. I can't tell at what point we were dating, or we were friends with benefits, or both. So, I think that that just goes back to communication around expectations. Like, I think yeah. the real difference is if you are dating someone, you might be doing all the same things that you're doing with friends with benefits, but you have an expectation that things will either go forward or you'll both just call it quits. Whereas a friends with benefits is sort of like temporary influx at all times Mm -hmm. so just again be very clear about what you are like you can go on dates with a friend with benefits but you both have the expectation like this will likely lead nowhere versus dating where you might be doing all the same things but there's a chance it could go somewhere yeah just keep that in mind yeah i think just being real as much as you can about where you're at and what you want and not everyone has the maturity to meet you at that level, but at least you did everything you could. And if they can't, then they're the jerk. Yeah. Yeah. I was usually the jerk. Ew. Which is probably not surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what do you do when it comes to an end? Like for whatever reason, whether you've grown apart, you just don't have the same interest, you don't have the same capacity, or just what have you found someone? Like how do you end it and like end it the way that you should like, in a way that is good. Like, you're being a good form of friends with benefits. I think you should be kind and, like, thank them for what they brought to your life and, you know, wish them luck. And then, for me, I think you be done. Like, you're like, all <laughs> right, goodbye, door closed, the yeah. end. If you're ending it because they met someone and you'd like to keep it open, if that doesn't work out, you would still con- be interested in seeing them. Mm-hmm. I think you can explicitly say that. Like, of course, I wish you luck in your relationship, but, you know, it doesn't work out. You have my info. Yeah. Yeah. You know how to find me. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. 
if you feel like it ended really badly and you're kind of pissed at them, I don't think you should, you know, yell at them or anything, but I think you can be, you should be firm that it's definitely done. Yeah. Like we can't do this. Anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it was great, but I think we're both ready to move on. So bye. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah. I think that just like any relationship or friendship, if it ends or when it ends, you should treat them with the same kindness that they treated you. Mm-hmm. Which also means that if they ended things shittily, you don't owe them anything. No. But if you had a good run and you're just like, yeah, this is over. That's how you should leave it. Like, we had a good run. This is over. We're still cool. Goodbye. Like, this part of our lives is over. Or maybe not forever, but it is for now anyway. But mm-hmm. if you have a friend with benefits who wasn't actually treating you as a friend, you don't owe them anything when things end. Like, you just be like, yeah, we're done. Yeah. I, in fact, asked you for advice recently on Fen with Benefits where it had, like, totally fizzled out and then they reached out to me out of nowhere and I'm like, what do I owe them? The answer was nothing. The answer was nothing. <laughs> yeah, and then you, I think you said yeah. the thing that you have said a lot and I really love it is that no is a complete sentence. Yep. Yeah, no is a complete sentence. It's so just perfect. Like, that's such great advice. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Do you think that we've covered everything with friends with benefits? Is I there think anything we've pretty forgotten? much? I think the other thing is it's supposed to be fun. So if it's causing you stress, yeah, something's wrong. Yeah, it should be fun. Like yeah. that's if it's not fun anymore, like what's the point? If you don't feel like you're having sex, having the sex you want, the friendship part is lacking, and you're just not having fun, like you can just end it. It doesn't have to be. It's not like a relationship where you're like we have to fight to make this work. Like if it's no. just not for you, then it's not for you. No, you can call it early. No. Uh, sometimes I do this sort of move where I kind of force the other person to end it, where I say, these are the circumstances under which I can continue. And, like, the, I know they're not going to agree to it. That's <laughs> so you, though. It's a, very, it's a, it's a chess move yeah. where I'm just yeah. like, well, this is where I'm at and this is what I need. And I don't think you're up for it. But if you are, we can continue. But if not, I understand. And, they usually and then like that feels, I think it. It works if you can do it well because the other person feels empowered like it's their decision. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, no, thank you. Yeah. And then we both walk away feeling good. You're so good at that. Mm. Yeah. Well, years of practice, I guess. Yeah. You're good. So I love this conversation. Good. But would you like to know about the thing that I love? Yes. All right. So it's not a person. It is a thing. Finally. Okay. I'm not spreading love to a Well, I guess I am. So... There is a graphic novel, a collection of 12 comic books, called Mr. Miracle, that just got released uh, in February 20th, I would say. Uh, It's written by Tom King, a former CIA counterterrorism operative, and drawn by Mitch Gerards, if I'm misspeaking, sorry. Um, I don't know all the other folks involved in the comic, but those are the two main people. And it is a story about a god of escape, trying to escape from life. Or death and but it's also like a really good meditation on like modern life and dealing with depression and anxiety and growing up in an abusive household oh, it was wow. the best comic i've read in like years i think it's like better than a lot of the stuff that people call like this is the best comic ever mm-hmm. Watchmen. like it's like really really amazing cool it is incredible and even if you're not like super into comics you don't need to know about the character at all like at all they explain it really well um highly recommend it and, um, yeah, Tom King is great to follow on Twitter as well. Like, he's really good. He's a really interesting guy. So, mm-hmm. you know, check him out. And Mitch George, too. They're both, like, incredible. But, anyway, that's cool. it. That's my spiel. 
Um, I think I'll say the thing I love these days is the podcast Freedom. So it's hosted by Scott Ackerman, who had the oh, yeah. uh, the TV show and the podcast Comedy Bang Bang. Yeah. Or the, the podcast still exists, the TV show is done. And then Paul F. Tompkins, who is one of the most yes. common guests, and Lauren Lapkus, who is also one of the most common guests. Oh. Paul F. Tompkins also is the voice of Mr. Peanut Butter on yes. Bojack Horseman. Lauren B. Lapkus was in season one of Orange is the New Black as a security guard. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. She, she is in a ton of stuff. Um, yeah, she's in a lot of stuff. I think she was in, like... The most recent Jurassic Park reboot. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, she's like the love interest of Jake Johnson, and then he like finally like is like I really like you, and she's like no, (laughs) it's great. She's great. Yeah, they're all great. So this is the podcast where they're all and as themselves, no, none of them are in character, and they just talk about whatever. Um, They usually end up playing like a couple improv games where they learn the rules right there and try to do it right then. And so it's pretty hilarious because they're not always very good at them or one of them is good at them and the other two are bad. Um, But they have a really fun, funny dynamic and I really enjoyed listening to them. So you could check them out. Yeah, they're all... like follow Paul F. Tompkins on Twitter. He's great. Oh yeah, he's he's great. They're all pretty great. And um and a shout out in particular to Scott Arkman recently had Rhea Butcher on Comedy Bang Bang, who is a genderqueer person at this point, Mm -hmm. I think. And someone on Twitter was sort of like shitting on Rhea and saying that they aren't funny and that they just make everything about gender and like Scott basically came out and was like that's not okay like i don't if you don't like my show and you don't like the guests i have stop listening yeah like he, he wouldn't stand for that kind of shit yeah. he's like real oh, hilarious awesome. and fuck you yeah and i like to see when hosts actually take a political stance especially against listeners who are dicks because fandoms sometimes can like take a life of their own and get yeah. gross and horrible and i it matters when they try not to let it do that yeah no i agree mm-hmm. all right cool Awesome. All right. Super positive this week. Yay. Yeah. Things we like. Yeah. All right. So what do we have to say to our listeners? What do we always say to them? Let's just circle back to one of the points that you highlighted before we went on air. If you are going to engage with a friend with a benefit you would like to share with them, please use protection of oh, good whatever God. protection you use. Just use protection. As yeah. Always. Like, I don't know. Be sensible. Be safe. Yeah. Be safe. And, you know, Stay don't take people at their words. Just use protect. Just don't. Just, take. it's better not to make assumptions. Yep. And just avoid risk. Yeah, avoid risk. Avoid mm-hmm. risk. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. Uh, be risk averse when yes. it comes to your genitals. Yeah. That's, that's really. That's a catchy t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. Be <laughs> risk averse when it comes to your genitals. TM. Um, <laughs> all right. Thank you, as always, for recording. Yes, thank you. Um, thank you all for listening. The podcast is growing. I'm very excited. Me too. There was one point where we were like averaging maybe, I want to say like 50% less of the listeners and it keeps growing every week. So I'm kind of. Oh, wow. So really, thank you all for listening. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Uh, new listeners. Thank you, new listeners. Uh, Thank you, long-time listeners. Thank you, long-time listeners. Thank you for like, there's a strong core of people who like have always listened even when it was just, like, me by myself recording on an actual, like, recorder. (laughs) So thank you especially, but um, thank you all for listening as always, and good luck out there. Bye.